Well, thank you once again for joining us on Inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Sabalero, and this episode of Inside EMS is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support, and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit Lexapol.com. Here he is, my good friend, all the way from Pitkin, Louisiana, Kelly Grayson, KG, what's going on with you? Oh, not much, man. My, uh, my, the second volume of perspectives comes out today, which is, which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm at least through herding cats for another few months. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad to get some, I... some other EMS authors, a, uh, uh, a, a chance to get published and have their, have their talent shown to everybody else. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I missed the deadline. I couldn't get you. I was just so busy, man. I couldn't get that thing to you. I understand. I understand. And then, and, and reading your handwriting in the crayon on the, on the, uh, paper the, towel, you know, paper towels is, is difficult anyway. I, well, maybe I next time required stuff be sub- submitted in electronic format. So, well, maybe next time I I'll not wet the paper towel and see if I can make them a little bit. Uh, yeah, that works. Yeah. That would, that so would I, be helpful if it, did, I, it wasn't stained. That's right. So I, uh, I don't know what that means, but I don't even want to discuss it, but I want to send a shout out to our international correspondent, Rob Lawrence. We were talking yesterday and, uh, I'm going to see Rob at Pinnacle at the Pinnacle conference next week. Uh, we may be recording from the Pinnacle conference, uh, live Kelly. So be prepared for yeah. that. And, um, you know, but, uh, cheers to our, uh, international correspondent, uh, Rob Lawrence and check out his show, uh, the EMS one stop. And uh, I got to tell you, Kelly, I've I become a fan of the one stop. I don't know how uh, if you're listening or not, but uh, Rob puts on, Rob puts on a good show. And, uh, you know, I did kind of uh, guilt him in or into saying uh, Kelly and Chris haven't been on the one stop yet. Um, no. We're, we're going to have to stop uh, talking about it. I mean, we don't get a guest spot. That's on true. Yeah, do you think? If we don't, you know, yeah, if we don't get a little reciprocal love, that's that's uh um, you know, I, I don't know what to do with it. And I, I'm going to just go back to my, my Robin Leach impressions and, you know, make insinuations, you know, Rob Lawrence, Robin Leach, same initials. Have they ever been seen in the same place at the same time? <laughs> Coincidence or something more? No, I don't want to go there because, you know, you know he sounds talk, like Robin Leach. Every he time we like talk Robin about Leach. it. You know, we just got to get them on here saying the lifestyles of inside of the rich and famous yeah, right. the lifestyles of Chris Sevalero and Kelly Grayson. So hang on after the inside EMS podcast <laughs> and you will get the EMS one stop with our good friend and international correspondent, Rob Lawrence. Rob, cheers to you. We'll see you soon. But one of the things that we're going to do this week, I mean, you guys asked for it and we try not to do a lot of shows that really kind of cover our news stories. But, you know, Kelly and I have been doing the show for a long time, and we live on the EMS news thread on the news uh, of the week. And we always are looking for, you know, the stories that kind of jump out after us and the ones that make us want to do shows. Right. And sometimes there are so many of them, Kelly, we just can't pick. And sometimes we just kind of go down the list and kind of talk about our favorite of the week. Mm -hmm. But I think the one and I'm not even going to read it, but the one I think that uh, is really given EMS. It's Phil this week is the uh, EMT in New York who dinged the uh, police officer's car. Oh, yeah. And uh, that led to her being handcuffed and arrested. I don't think she was uh, booked through, uh, but that led to a lot of people having a lot of negative comments and a lot of things that were said negatively. And one of the things that I, I do want to bring up as part of the, you know, my opinion about that story is that it was horrible and yeah. uh, our our 
our police brethren, some of those police brethren um, need to not take themselves so seriously. Yeah. But more importantly, as I read the comments on all those uh, threads, as I read the comments on other people's Facebook pages, as I read the comments to the article, this doesn't reflect every single police officer. No, it doesn't. And, you know, for the people that uh, besmirch the whole uh, brethren of Mm -hmm. police, um, you know, just give give the other guys a break, man, because it makes them look bad, too. Right. So they don't need us to they don't need us to kind of, you know, look down on them and say the police are horrible people because of this. And it's just like with EMS, Kelly, right? I mean, we get a black guy Mm -hmm. because someone does something in EMS. It's the same thing, man. We just got to remember that. Here's one officer that made a decision that he'll probably regret for a long time. And uh, we just not not take that for, uh, you know, all the brethren who are in blue. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 never a, a, a good situation when you have a bad day and wind up being the, the poster child for everything that's wrong with a profession. It's not fair to the officer in question. Uh, and, and, you know, while I would say that uh, uh, no doubt he made a, a uh, error in judgment pursuing it the way he did. Um, you know, I also doubt that he got up that morning and put on his, his gear and his tack vest and his uniform and said, you know what, I'm going to be a jerk today. Uh, I, I don't think that sort of thing happens in a vacuum. Um, and, and it's, uh, unfortunate that it, that it turned out that way, but, uh, we, we all got to remember we're all on the same side. You know, I, I'm reminded of the, the incident in, in Oklahoma, uh, a few years back where the Oklahoma DPS trooper, uh, um, pulled over one, a, an ambulance, uh, Cherokee Nation EMS, and, and chokehold, uh, put a chokehold on the on the paramedic. Remember that on, on dash cam on the side of the highway, uh, and uh, that guy had some issues, had some anger issues that that were played out in in other instances as well. But um, you know, we we <laughs> we've also seen EMTs freaking out and beating the heck out of a patient because he spit on her and the cops being the, the, uh, the voice of reason and and trying to calm them down there. So, uh, everybody is, is, uh, no one is immune to having a bad day and and making, uh, errors in judgment. And, uh, uh, before we judge the, the entire law enforcement community based on one officer's actions, I think it's, it's good that we just take a breath and step back. It's good to be the king. So, um, yeah, it is. It is good. To be. <laughs> How many of our listeners would even get that reference? So that, you know, that, you know, goes, I, all wait. of them over 40 for sure. But <laughs> one, uh, so if you've never seen the movie history of the world, part one, Mel Brooks, um, you know, Mel Brooks has uh, a lot of great movies out blazing saddles, young Frankenstein, high anxiety. Um, I mean, just so many to name, yeah. But one also is History of the World Part One. It's got a lot of great actors in it from the day, and it's got a lot of great comedy. But it part of that uh, um, part of that movie, uh, they're quoted a couple times as saying, "It's good to be the king." Yeah, yeah. and um, very interesting, very funny stuff. Yeah. But anyway, Kelly, I love you- my people. My people love me. Pull. <laughs> um, my story is uh, is a kind of an update in the brouhaha over National Registry uh, proposing their certif- uh, change in their loosening of their certification requirements. And uh, uh, the National Association of EMTs, or excuse me, the National Association of EMS Physicians uh, 
uh, came out with a, uh, a position statement that strongly opposed the uh, the National Registry resol- resolution to change their certification requirements. And this is yet another, uh, you know, it seems, Chris, that this this uh, proposed uh, change in certification standards, loosening them and, and stepping away from co-amps as the sole uh, accrediting body for paramedic programs and allowing them to go back to state certification, that sort of thing, uh, has been universally panned. And it seems like the only entity that has seemed uh, that uh, it might be a good idea is the National Registry uh, and every other major uh, body in EMS has, has vehemently opposed it. And uh, uh, hopefully we will change their minds and, uh, um, you know, they'll, they'll dial back on that, uh, on that, um, proposal, uh, and the things will at least stay at the status quo. Uh, but, uh, you know, they got to be feeling the weight of, of, uh, public opinion, uh, and stakeholder opinion going, going against them, uh, almost in mass. Don't you think? Well, you know, I think we're still in the, you know, I think we're still in the comment. We're period, still in right? the comment period. Yeah. But one of the, well, the comments have like, universally been negative thus far, but I mean, that's the purpose of the comment period. I mean, and, and, you know, and, but cheers to them that they didn't just change stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So what they yeah. did was that they said, you know, what about this? Uh, how, how can we handle this? And what would she do about this? And, you know, it's one of the things that in an organization, you don't always make the best decisions. And yeah. sometimes you go and you put a process in place that you've been planning for three months and that process falls on his face. I, I did that yeah. one time. I, I changed the training process and I said, this training process is horrible. Let's create a new one and let's base it on, you know, let's base it on the skills that you gain instead of a time-based thing. And uh, it doubled the amount of time that people were in training and I was get away from in the first place. Um, and it really, it just, I just screwed the pooch on it. But one yeah. of the things that when we talk about this from an NREMT standpoint, they went out and said, Hey, what about this? And let's think about this and three ways you can do this. And everybody yeah. is coming out saying, what are you out of your mind? Now yeah. what happens though, is let's see if they change it or not. Then that's yeah. an issue to me. So right now I think that, the, you know, I think it came out. I think people are talking about it. I think that there's a lot of great information from a lot of great educators in our field. And uh, the answer should be no. But uh, we'll see what happens when the uh, 11th hour comes up. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and uh, it, I uh, opine that it may be a kind of a preemptive move with National Registry to kind of uh, stem uh, p- uh, potential defections from uh, of states from the National Registry process uh, because, with, there are a number of states that that find their certification process onerous, uh, and and uh, um, you know they were and and uh, people have hard time passing the exam and and uh, but uh, in in my article on that on that very thing I uh, I, I said that uh, the EMS in the United States could do without coamps a lot better than it could do without National Registry. And I still, I stand by that, but, uh, I did, did have the opportunity to speak with a, uh, uh, one of the, uh, board members of coamps, uh, and, um, who gave me some, some very interesting background. Uh, we'll try to have him on the show one day, but he gave us some very interesting background on the, uh, I won't call it a Herculean task, 
that uh, COAMPS faces in, in keeping up with the amount of programs that are seeking accreditation, uh, but it does give some context to how slow things go uh, as perceived by those on the outside. Uh, they've got a, a huge task to, to um, review and, uh, and issue those, those letters of accreditation and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. And they're doing it with a very, very small staff. So they're doing the best they can uh, and they're, they're putting on more staff. Uh, but uh, it's a, it's a problem that, that uh, has yet to see a resolution and we hope that it'll, it'll be resolved in the, in the best interest of the profession at large. Very good. My, my next uh, story uh, comes out of uh, my backyard here in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, actually the old uh, agency that I work for, Christian Hospital, transported a patient to the local uh, the local hospital system, and the patient was placed in triage, and that patient attacked a paramedic and a nurse, critically injuring both of them, and you know this was something that was very very disheartening. Uh, the people that work with me and my company knew the nurse that was uh, critically injured. Um, I don't know where she is in her rehabilitation. There were rumors that she had passed. And please forgive me for not knowing um, where where those two are, you know, the paramedic and the nurse are today. But I wanted to be able to bring this up because it's coming to a really big point that our business isn't the way that it used to be. I mean, you would never hear yeah. police police officers being assaulted. You would never hear, um, you know, paramedics being assaulted. And, you know, this woman went into the ER with a knife big enough to uh, slice a jugular and, uh, you know, stab someone in the chest. And we've got to be able to increase our due diligence and ensuring that when we go to work, that we're going to come home at the end of the shift. I got to tell you, as an EMS leader, this was the biggest thing that gave me the most trepidation is ensuring that my employees got home to their family safe. And uh, this was a really, really hard, uh, you know, a hard article to read. It was hard to hear it on the news. And then certainly uh, the members of my uh, team that were crying um, and in uh, a little bit of depression the whole day, wondering about their peer. Um, uh, you know, Kelly, I don't, I don't know what's going on in today's society, but it ain't like the old days. No, we're, we, as a society, I fear that we, we no longer talk to one another. We talk at one another and, and uh, uh, the United States is, is increasingly polarized and I don't know where civility went in our public discourse, but I, uh, um, and you know, I'm, I, I can be a hotheaded dude, Chris. Man, I, you what? Know, you, no, Kelly, no. <laughs> you, 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 I have two stars and a personal constellation, you know, my, my intelligence and, and my, my honor. And, and if you call me a liar or call me stupid, I, I tend to react badly. Um, but, uh, John Politis told me one time, he said, you know, you cannot let people goad you into boorish behavior and, and match theirs. You know, and I, I told him, John, I can be a, um, people shouldn't, you know, don't treat me like a, I'm an, I'm an asshole son because I'm better at it than you are. And he said, well, you can't do that. You're Kelly Grayson. Stop. And I was like, you, you know, you're right. So I've been trying to listen to the better angels of my nature. And I wish we could all do that because this is, um, 
the, I, I can't help but think that the, the, the rise in violence uh, in our society is, is something, it's a bigger issue than availability of weapons and, and this and that. Is there, there's some cultural rot there that uh, a lot of healing needs to go on uh, to, to get us back to remembering uh, that we are all have a much more in common than we do uh, uh, in opposition to one another. And, uh, you know, like you yeah, said, I, keep, keep your head on the swivel. Yeah. Uh, it's sad that we have to do that now, but we've always had to do that, but it becomes increasingly apparent with every news story that you read. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I want to share with you too, from a coaching aspect is um, if people are going to call you stupid or if people are going to insult your you know, ability to make spam casserole. Um, you have to be able to be comfortable in those spaces as well. And, and this is a really yeah. a good thing that I do a lot of this when I coach people is if people call you stupid, you have to be able to know the fact that it's not true and it mm -hmm. makes no difference what people are going to say. People can say that I'm stupid uh, or I don't know what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, it, but I have to know that that's not true. It makes no difference. You can say whatever you want, you know. But, you know, from your side, just a little coaching, just remember that, man, your, your value is a lot bigger than someone who, who thinks you're stupid. So poo-poo poo head. Poo-poo head. You're, you're a great big duty head. Uh, <laughs> um, my story is uh, from July 19th, uh, where uh, during the, the uh, mall shooting in, in Indiana, um, EMS response to the uh, Indiana Park shooting that went on at the same time at Beach Grove Park. Mm -hmm. uh, they were delayed because they were also responding to the Greenwood Park Mall. And I think it's instructive uh, as to the operational tempo that EMS systems are are running at now that that two major uh, events like that, um, they they struggle to handle because they they were tied up didn't have enough people, didn't have enough resources available to, to handle two incidents at once. But as a great background to that story, mm -hmm. uh, Indianapolis EMS responded and, yeah. you know, Beach uh, Grove, of course, wasn't available, as you mentioned, because they're responding to uh, two events. Um, but, you know, Indianapolis came to the rescue and, uh, you know, handled that. Certainly, I would think any agency is going to want to be in the middle of their own mass casualty and, yeah. uh, you know, kind of do the things that they're training for. But, you know, cheers to Indianapolis EMS who were able to come and uh, respond uh, for mutual aid and uh, make sure that uh, the citizens were taken care of and, yeah. um, you know, gave the highest quality of patient care they could. Yeah. And, and, and I would be, you know, my, my libertarian soul would be, uh, uh, would be, uh, sore indeed if I didn't mention Eli Dickens at the, uh, at the mall shooting, the, the citizen, the good Samaritan citizen who stopped that attack, uh, engage a shooter in, uh, 10 shots scored eight hits in 15 seconds at a distance of 40 plus yards. Uh, a strong work, <laughs> strong work. And he, and he saved a lot of lives. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's good that that had a, uh, had a less horrific outcome than it could have been otherwise because of the, uh, the intervention of, uh, of one brave citizen. Yeah. And, and, you know, when those that happened, I mean, your, you know, your words come back every single time, man. The only thing that stops a bad person with a gun it's is a good, good gun, is a good man with a gun. And, uh, you know, it's just more and more, it looks like we may have to be 
as citizens, we may have to be in those mixes of uh, stopping. I mean, what is it? Something yeah. crazy like 300 mass shootings so far this year. Um, yeah. You know, so it may there's come- some variability in the way those are defined that, that kind of pump up the numbers, but, but I don't think there's any question that, that we've seen a sharp rise in recent years in these. Uh, and, and that's, you know, once again, that's indicative of, uh, I think cultural rot in our society, uh, rather than any one thing like a, a gun, uh, or, a, a Republican or a Democrat or anything else. It's deeper, it's deeper yeah. and it's, it's troubling. So I just saw, you know, as we get up there in time, you know, I think we covered some of the good stories that are in the week. And I really love to know the stories that really make you think about uh, calls or career fields or agencies. And you can always do it at the show at EMS1.com. You know, I, I do want to go ahead and give everybody a little bit of well wish and caution as this summer heat is beating down on us. You know, we know how challenging it is to be an EMS provider in the summer in some of these states, the Texas and the Floridas and the Californias. Mm-hmm. And certainly St. Louis, we had 104 degrees today or yesterday, whatever it was. And um, but we've got to stay hydrated and we've just Mm -hmm. got to uh, keep ourselves as cool as we can. Uh, So I hope everyone has a great rest of their summer and uh, tries to stay as cool. But Kelly, you got any final thoughts for the group? No, but I'll piggyback on yours. You know, if you think that you work hard and you're busy in your service, uh, you it could be worse. You could work for the busiest EMS system in the world, which is uh, the uh, uh, London Ambulance. Uh, and they are on pace to run uh, one 999 call every 13 seconds during this heat wave. Uh, and, and we talk about, you know, heat in London and, and it, uh, people of us who live on the, those of us who live on the Gulf Coast, you know, think, oh, the, it's so cute that those, those Londoners think it's hot. But it is hot. It's a, it reached 104 at Heathrow Airport the other day. Um, and for people who are not used to that, uh, that is that is hellish. Uh, and and they've got people dropping like flies. So uh, those guys are are struggling to to uh, keep up with the tempo and doing an admirable job of it. Uh, and uh, there are brothers uh, brothers in EMS just like uh, the folks right here at home. And we wish them the best uh, dealing with this uh, this heat wave as it moves forward. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think, and we'd like to hear EMS news in your region. Do you have some some good stories and uplifting stories about how we're dealing with uh, our current times? We'd like to hear those stories at the show at ems1.com. And for myself and co-host Chris Sabalero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. Y'all be safe. We'll catch you next week.